Today we'll get an insight into the quintessential Lithuanian approach to the way we operate. And again, part of uh, my intention with this and with that, with other shirim, is not just to bring you everything that's been said on the sugya, on the piece of Gomorrah and the mix, but it's to curate carefully what it is that we focus on in these shirim, uh, so that they're conveying a worldview that is consistent uh, and that is integrated. Because uh, even within Torah, of course, there are different worldviews. And, uh, and it's important that as one learns day after day and you're adding on layer upon layer of understanding and insight, that the layers that you're adding on are all building a consistent worldview and are not just a hodgepodge of, of different ideas that are cut and paste and put, and put together. And the worldview that, that uh, I teach is the only, the only worldview that I really know and understand, which is our Masoira and the, the Lithuanian uh, tradition with which I was taught and, and raised, and that's what I try and, and, and bring to you. And we'll see a, a really interesting example of that. Our Gemara uh, starts off after the Mishnah with After the passing of Rabbi Meir, when Rabbi Meir passed away, Rabbi Yehuda said to his Talmidim in his yeshiva, now that Rabbi Meir has passed away, a whole lot of his Talmidim are going to want to join our yeshiva. But don't allow it. Why? Because they are aggressive. And they're not coming here to learn Torah. But they're coming to... Um, Use their knowledge to diminish me. That's what they, that's what they're doing. Think of this in the time of Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Meir that this was an issue, and that that's what he what he felt. So, is that kind of you know? Do, what do we look at this? Do we say to Rabbi Huda, "What an insecure man are you? Really, you're afraid that the Talmidim are coming to to diminish you, that they're not coming to to learn? What right have you got to exclude them from the yeshiva, to exclude them from the Beis Hamidrash because you think they're going to uh, make you feel bad? Where, what is that insecurity? And uh, Tosfos says, "What does lekapcheni mean? Litzaareni to cause me tzar. They're going to try. They want to aggravate me." And Rashi says, "Lekapcheni lenatcheni. They just want to beat me in an argument. They just want to have an argument and prove me wrong. That's what will give them pleasure." So what, Rabbi Yehuda? Can you not hold your own against the Talmudim of Rabbi Meir? You could hold your own against Rabbi Meir himself. You've had many discussions, debates, Machlokasen with Rabbi Meir. You're not afraid to express your view to, to the late Rabbi Meir. And now the Talmudim, you're afraid of his Talmudim. Why are you so insecure? What is that? The, the clue to it is in, in Rabbi Huda's wording. When he says, Mipnei shekantaranin hen. He doesn't say because they behave in an aggressive way. He says, hen. They have a mido. There's a mido that's problematic. There's a characteristic. They are in their nature, they are argumentative. So what's so bad about, about that? Let's, let's go through a, a few Gomorrahs uh, in particular. So we have the Gomorrah in, in Brochus. We've got these Gomorrahs appear in various different places in Shas. Uh, and the Gemara in, in Brochus asks from two different psukim in Tehillim, 
and answers where there seems to be a, contradict- a contradiction. And the Gemara answers, it depends whether one is learning Lishma or not Lishma. When it says, Reish Yitzchok Mayiras Hashem Sechel Tov Lechol Osehem, that, that, that the, the, the beginning of, of wisdom is Yiras Hashem, it's Sechel Tov, everybody does them, Lo Sim Lo Nehma Ela Lo Sehem, Lo Osim Lishma, Velo Lo Osim Shelo Lishma. If one's learning Torah and keeping Torah lishma and not shelol lishma, v'chol ha'aseh shelol lishma noach lo shelol nivra. And if a person is is learning Torah, keeping Torah shelol lishma, better he would never have been created. Doesn't say better he doesn't learn Torah. Better he would never have been created. Now that he's created, he's got to learn Torah. Even if it's shelol lishma, he's got to learn Torah. But it would be better if he wasn't created and he wouldn't have to learn Torah. Such a negative view of people who learn for the wrong for the wrong intention. And then Tosfos asks from Rav Yehuda Marav, also a Gemara that appears several places, including in Amasech, the back, back on Daf Chav Gimel. Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav, That's the famous one that we always quote, rather do it Shalolishma, because if you do it for the wrong reason, you'll learn and eventually it will come out and you'll be doing it for the right reason. So how can the, the Gemara say in, in Brochus that Noach lo Shalonivra? There's, a, there are different types of shelolishma. The inner place from which you come when you're learning is, is as important as what you learn and how you learn. There's methodology in your in learning to be able to learn it right. There's, a, there's an approach, there's technique, there are all the things, there's ideas, there's knowledge. But there's also the intention with which you learn. If the intention is to, for ego, you want to glorify yourself, then it's okay, rather do it. Eventually, it will wear your ego down. Uh, but if you're doing it in order to show up other people, that rather you, it would have been better that you weren't born. That isn't something that one should, would want to do. So Tosfis is mechalik between two types of shelolishma. Then in, in Psochim Dafnun, we've got a similar, a similar Tosfis. And Reese is a little different. Here he says the negative Shilolishma is not only not only to disprove your friend and to diminish your friend, but it's also to elevate yourself, to show to show off. So there seems to be a different, for, person does it for COVID, is different from showing off. Lehit Yaher is, is, is to, to show off. Ve'enu lo'meid amanat la'asot, he's not doing it amanat la'asot. Aval hacha mari, but this kumar is talking, she'emit kamein l'shumra, he's not, there's no bad intention, he's just not doing it for good intention, he's just learning by rote. He's just going to learn, because that's what you do. You do the dafyomi, you do this, you do that, no, no inner reason. You know, it's, it's no deep psychological issue. Um, but if one's doing it to show off, then, uh, th- then better not to do it at all. And there's a beautiful um, and very disturbing Chassam Sofer and Oruch HaShulchan. So the Chassam Sofer and Oruch HaShulchan, these are authorities within our canon. These are people we've got to take very serious note of and understand. And we've, we've quoted Simon Reish Chet from, from the Chassam Sofer's Chuvas in Orachayim, the last Chuvas in Orachayim is Simon Reish Ches, which is a very long Simon, and he goes from one subject to another. The topics that he deals with there are, are just amazing. And he starts off 
saying, Kol HaMechaber Sefer Umitarev B'machshavto Legadel Shemo. If somebody publishes a Sefer, and there is the slightest intention of fame in it, I'm writing the Sefer so that I should be have recognition, just to do that, Ravtsa Bo HaAlah HaAmura B'mili Da'avot. On that Sefer, there crouches the curse in Pirkei Ovis. Nagid Shema Avad Shema. V'lo ta'ase yadav toshia lo'tzi machshavto el apol ki yavo mevakeh mumim v'yechapsu v'yimtzu. That kind of Sefer is going to be subject to criticism. People are going to question it and criticize it, and you're not going to achieve what you set out to do. Milvad shehu over isudoraisa. Apart from that, by publishing a sefer with the slightest bit of personal intention, you're over an Isur Doraisa. What's that? The Torah says you're not allowed to write Torah Shabbal Peh. Torah Shabbal Peh has to be taught. It can't be written. <coughs> but the heter to write Torah Shabbal Peh is Mishum Eit Lasot Lashem, because otherwise Torah will be forgotten. And if that's not the reason you're writing, that what you're writing is so important that you're worried that if the world doesn't hear this, it's, the world is going to lose this Torah. That's the only reason you're writing. If that's not your reason, then the Isidoraisa stays in place. What right have you got to be publishing this? This is just such a Lithuanian approach. And um, on the other hand, he says, if you've got what to write and the world does need to know it and you don't publish it because you're afraid of the critics, that's also an issue, says the Chassam Sofer. So you've got to be very sure about what the inner place is from which you come. I once asked Mayor Soloveitchik why he hadn't published anything. Now they've published his Torah, but he didn't write anything during his lifetime. And his his grandfather, Reb Chaim, the Sefer of Reb Chaim that we know, all of Reb Chaim's revolutionary approach to learning comes from one sefer, the Chidush Reb Chaim al-Rambam, which wasn't published in his lifetime. He never published it. It was published by the Briskorov, his son. And the Briskorov published one thin little sefer on the Rambam. That's all, that's all that was published. Later on, they've published the notes from Ishurim, but not in his lifetime. So much of Lithuanian Torah was published after their lifetime, not during their lifetimes. And I asked Rameir, why haven't you written? Why haven't you published? And he said, not everything you think should you say. Not everything you say should you write down. It's an important lesson in today's, in today's world. And not everything you write down should you publish, whether on social media or in any other form. Be careful what you think. Not everything you think, just, just some of what you think is worthy of writing down. So Philip, I noticed in the way you write down the shirim, you write down the essence. You don't write down every word. You don't. You're not. You're not just copying the. You just. You pick the essence. Not everything that is said. It's thought is is said, and not everything that is said is written down, and not everything that is written down is published. And Philip, you told me nobody has even seen what you've written, that you've never even shared what you've written. It's for you. Not everything you write has to be published. There are other reasons to write. And that's the Lithuanian approach. And the Oruch HaShulchan affirms this in Simon Reish Mem Vov. And if one publishes a Sefer and one has any personal motivation in doing it, Tov Mimene Mimeno HaNefel, a miscarried child, is more valuable. 
than that. In other words, it's miscarriage. You've produced something, but it has no sustainability. And Mechabe should have intention of only L'Shem Hashem. And, and the question on, on the Chassam Sefer, by the way, there are many Sephardish uh, poskim who disagree with the Chassam Sefer and they're Hungarian poskim who disagree with the Chassam Sefer, but this is core to the Lithuanian approach. But there's, a, there's an important question here, which we've got to answer. What did Tosvah say? That there's a difference between doing it le canter, as Rabbi Yehuda says over here, to cause me, to show me up, to want to put me down. That, that's shalol lishma, that's a bad shalol lishma, says But is it, if it's lechabdeni, if it's just because I want to be called Rebbe, I want to be thought of highly, I'm doing it for my own self-aggrandizement, that's shalol lishma that will come to lishma. So why is the Chesom Sefer and Orach HaShulchan so negative about people who publish a Sefer? Because they want fame. They want a Sefer up there. Look what he did. He wrote a Sefer. He published a Sefer. He's an authority. What's so terrible about that? And that comes not just to the din of, of, of Limut Torah, that comes to the Lithuanian approach to life. The Lithuanian approach to life, the whole Shitas Hamusa and everything that went with it was, you've got to do what you're chayiv to do, you've got to do what you're obligated to do. The Chovas Havovas in the beginning of Shar Yichud Hamaise talks about the importance, the Torah says you've got to also do more than you're obligated to do. But only if you're sure you're doing what you're obligated to do and you're sure of the motivation in doing more. You want to be machmir more than the halacha. First, make sure you're keeping the halacha. And secondly, question why you're going further than that. In the Lithuanian tradition, that was very important, but it went further. It, in the Lithuanian tradition, if what you were doing had external visibility, be very careful. If it has external visibility and you have to do it, you have to do it. What can you do? That's the mitzvah. You can't say, I'm, I'm afraid people will think I'm, I'm arrogant or what. No, no, that's the mitzvah. It's the din. You have to do that. What, what can you do? But if you're adding on additional that isn't chiyuv, be very sure that you're doing it for the right reason. Because if it's visible, there's a good chance you're doing it to be seen, not because of the inner reason. So... The Chesam Sefer and the Oruch HaShulchan are learning. For learning, if it's just about your own learning and you're doing it for honor because you want to know the halachas and you want to get smicha and you want to be called rabbi, and fine, okay, not the end of the world. So it's not great learning, but it's not, it's not better that you wouldn't have been born. That's for your own learning. But if you're publishing and you're teaching, now you're making this available. You, now you're creating an image you're using Torah for your image, that you've got to be very sure what your inner reason is. If you're using Torah to boost your ego, it's fine, it's okay. But if you're using Torah to create an image, that, there you've got to be very careful. So when we get into the area of teaching Torah, when we get into the area of publishing Torah, there the different klolim, different rules apply. And says the Chazam Sefer and the Oruch HaShulchan, be very careful what the motivation is. And, and in t the teaching of Torah and the publishing of Torah, that's, that's perhaps the hardest part of all. Well, the hard part is you've got to learn the sugya if you're going to teach the sugya. And then you've got to figure out how to teach the sugya. Those are all very hard things. But the hardest thing is to question the inner place. What, what is it about? And of course, one likes, we're giving a shir. It's nice to have people coming. Why do I want people at the shir? 
Do I want it because it's an honor for me to have people in the shoe? Or do I want it because it facilitates real live interaction and that's a different level of learning and there's a different level of siyate dishmaya? To constantly ask oneself, why, is it, why am I teaching? Why don't I just sit at home and learn? Why am I teaching? Why am I making it public? Says the Chesam Sofer and the Oruch HaShulchan. That's where you have to be incredibly careful because the inner place is what is important. And that's the key to the Lithuanian approach. But the, the inner place from which you come is what determines the quality of everything you do on the outside. And when, the inner, when it's purely inner, it's easy to manage. When there's an external image to what you're doing, you have to check very carefully. Am I doing this for the image or am I doing this for the real reasons for which the Torah was given? 